What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the LA Soccer Hub Show. We got a great show. We had the Gold Cup yesterday. We have LA Galaxy. They won in a tremendous fashion. It's exciting. You know, it was a great weekend for soccer fans. You know, for soccer fans from all over. You know, the Gold Cup US versus Mexico doesn't disappoint. Um, here to help me talk about it, we got Johnny Bolin and we got Alex Ruiz. How you fellas doing? I'm ready, dude. I'm pumped up. This was like one of the best like soccer weekends that I've had in like the last year. So I'm just stoked right now. Yeah, yeah. We had Galaxy Friday and then the, the Gold Cup uh, Sunday. Alex, how you doing? How's everything? Uh, doing pretty good right now. Uh, yeah, like Johnny mentioned, really good soccer this weekend. Very good start to the weekend on Friday, and then you know Sunday everything culminated into a great final. No, yeah, it definitely did. Um, yeah, I guess I, I mean I guess I should I should talk about it. Obviously, I was there. I should mention I got this scarf they gave us. Uh, like, well, I got it backwards. Let me see. They gave us like well, people in the media they gave us like these gold cup scarves. So I was like, all right, let me let me let me wear it. I don't really get to wear that that many scarves, you know, because uh, I'll get butchered if I wear any 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 particular team. Um, but yeah, no, it, it was it was exciting being being like I was telling you, Peach, uh, being go to, being at the gold cup. Um, it was my second time ever at a gold cup final. Uh, the first time was um, back in like uh, I want to say 2015, 2016, when uh, Mexico beat Jamaica. Uh, I think it was like in Philly. So I used to live out in the East Coast and I saw that, but I went as a fan uh, this time as media. But yeah, it was, it, was, it was crazy. I ended up going Saturday. I ended up going Saturday morning and I just got back early this morning today. So it, it was it was an exciting time. But uh, but yeah, how did you how did you guys uh, uh, before I get more into it, how did you guys live the the, the Gold Cup? So I, uh, you know, I, I like I watched at home. And you guys know how I felt about the entire tournament and like you know the lineups and everything. But with all that being considered, uh, having the U.S. team, like a, a super limited U.S. team, a C team, if you will, um, perform like that against, let's be honest, it was a Mexico B team. I hear a lot of people saying it was an A team. It wasn't. Uh, but it's still very talented, very uh, established Mexican team. Uh, it was just, it was such an awesome, awesome game. Even though it, they didn't score until the 118th minute, it was still a fun game to watch. It was still a high energy game. It was still a classic USA versus Mexico game. And I couldn't have asked for more. Honestly, like the entire time I was watching, man, I, I kept saying, I really would love if the US scored in the last minute of, of like full time, like, or in the 118th minute, I would have loved that. And they did it. So it's like, I can't, everything went perfect. I'm super stoked. I loved it. You know that that's really it. I'm still riding on that high. You know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, it was. I mean, especially if you're if you're a U.S. Men's National Team fan, it it, it it was definitely it was definitely exciting and like just so many emotions. But to me, the the surprising thing was like there was only one goal. I expected a little bit more. But um, Alex, how how did you live? How did you live an experience in the the Gold Cup? Uh, yeah, just, you know, staying at home and watching the game, just like Johnny having some chips and stuff, you know, it was pretty nice. Um, it was pretty tight, but like you said, I wish there was a couple more goals just to spice it up a little bit. I'd probably argue that this Mexican team was like an A minus team or maybe missing like one or two like players that you could, uh, start players that you could put in there because Mexico does have a ton of talented players on their team. They just didn't perform. Like the one name that definitely comes up is Tecatito Corona. He definitely did not have a tournament, a good tournament at all. And uh, he was voted one of the best players in Portuguese league, I think, a year year ago. So, you know, you know he has talent and he just couldn't perform. And then, you know, Berhalter getting all the USMNT fans to back him now 
especially since the fan base had been divided 50-50, whether they really confided and trusted in Berhalter. And then now going two for two, dos a cero, if you will, against Mexico this summer. Uh, that, that's a tremendous win for him, for the fans, and just overall for the soccer program. Seeing that you can take a C team and still perform against the best in CONCACAF because all the other teams in CONCACAF had their A squads. They really did. Seeing that a C team, a team with very little experience internationally, very few caps, very few times representing their country, and to be able to see that they can still grind out a result because the reality is they really did grind it out this whole tournament. I think they had four 1-0 wins uh, th- throughout their entire run. So they really did grind a lot during this tournament. But good uh, good results to see. And there's a lot of potential for this USMNT squad now. And the only thing left that they have to worry about is just World Cup qualifying. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be exciting. So uh, let me get back to like uh, how I experienced the Gold Cup. Obviously, I was there. So I stayed at a friend's. Um, you know, I, I, uh, Oscar, I know he's a fan of the show. He's a Galaxy fan talk. He let me stay at his place just like for the night. Um, Because I wasn't trying to make it a long thing. I was just like, I've been to Vegas so many times. I'm just trying to, you know, go there and experience it. So wake up uh, because I think they they started the the game starts at 530. And I think you can get it. We were able to get in uh, at 230. So I went to the tailgate, check out, check out the tailgate. But it was it was it's Vegas. It's hot. You know, it's, it's August. So I'm like, you know, they're hanging out with a couple fans or a bunch of fans, actually. And I'm just like sweating. I'm like under this tent and I'm just drinking like water. I'm like. Get me inside the stadium because the 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 parking lot at Allegiant Stadium is is, is so tiny. It, it's it's not like uh, your typical you know football stadium where there's massive parking. There's like a little little section of like it's it's tiny. I don't I don't even know how to compare. It's so small. The the parking's so limited. So everybody either parks in the in, in the casinos or parks you know across. I think Mandalay Bay is across, and they have to walk. If you're staying on the strip, you walk across this bridge, which is a which is a main road that cars typically drive over. But a lot a lot of fans just walked over the bridge. I was coming from the opposite side, so I was walking from a different side. And, you know, I get in there and it's it's literally like it was kind of a mess because I think this was like the first uh, exporting experience, exporting event, you know, with fans. So it was like, you know, I was trying to find like the media entrance and like all these different things. And I'm like sweating like bullets, man, just just trying to walk in there. But like, you know, I'm trying to take everything in because like the stadium looks insane. I finally I finally get inside. And then like even just to get inside, just to find the press box, like it, it was just like a mess. But, you know, once you got in there, like, you know, like everybody's sweating, every everybody's feeling the same way. But like, you know, you start I, I was able to get in there before the fans actually got in there. And then like, you know, just to take everything in the like, you know, Pretty soon, like, you know, six, I think it was like 62,000 or 61,000 fans, you know, packed the stadium just to see it from the beginning. You know, while I was able to walk around the stadium, the stadium is impressive. If you guys ever get a chance, uh, you know, I definitely recommend checking out Allegiant Stadium. If you're a Raider fans or if there's, if they're, I think if they play Leagues Cup final there, definitely check it out. It's, it's very impressive. And like, even like the 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 like there's there's a section where you have to have like I think a, a specific wristband and stuff. I didn't know this, so I just walked in there because you know I had like my media badge, and they have like a kind of like the cabanas type of setup, like uh, like uh, like in the middle of the field, but you you don't really notice it because there, there's like a uh, there, you can only enter if if you bought a ticket to that section. But if you have like a like like a like a suite, it's like it's like cabana type of style, but you're inside a stadium, you know. And I, and I thought that was, that, that was pretty cool. Like, everything, just walking around, just talking with fans. And I know someone had commented on the Instagram, like, you know, U.S. versus Mexico fans, for the most part, from what I saw. I mean, I didn't really see too many fights, but they, everybody, it was, 
it was it was uh it was really cool you know everybody was really chill it was, it, even the game wasn't as hostile as i as expected you know we've we seen some of the games maybe because there weren't the other big names and that, that rival was there but like you know just talking with the fans seeing everybody there and just taking everything in it, it was really cool it was really cool you know like just seeing all these different all these all these fans coming from like different parts you know because even the day before I went to the U.S. Men's National Team, the American Outlaws. Um, they had like a they had like a like a pregame, so I went there with a couple friends, and then I saw the Mexican fan base was right across. So it's like everywhere you walked in Vegas was either like I was it's majority Mexican fans, but you saw Mexico fans, and then like you see people from like you know obviously that are not there for the tournament. They're like just recording Mexican fans because they got the, obviously you know we typically wear sombreros and everything, and like everybody that's just there for the weekend they're like what is going on why is everybody wearing jerseys why is everybody chanting so like yeah the gold cup definitely took over over the weekend in vegas and even walking even walking to the stadium um you know every, everywhere you went to this everywhere you went the casinos a strip there was obviously majority mexican fans but you see like usa fans um but the game man the, the game living there and being in a final and your u.s versus mexico it just did it didn't disappoint obviously it's not the result of your view mexican fan but if you're a u.s fan uh it's been it was impressive but yeah i was excited i was able to cover it i was excited you know i was able to interact with a lot of uh, different people and yeah I, I definitely recommend you guys if you guys get a chance take out the stadium and try to go to a gold cup final i know tickets were three hundred dollars and I was like, I probably would not have gone because <laughs> that, that is that is crazy. But like, yeah, next time for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, this this tournament, this tournament definitely lived up. Another thing you, you got, you know, Jonah versus uh, Sebastian Legit, which I thought was really cool. Obviously, they obviously they go against each other in practice. But Johnny, how, how did you see that? Because Jonah started from Mexico, uh, LA Galaxy. I mean, and then Sebastian Legit started for the U.S. national team. I mean, you know, I, I, I loved it. And with all things considered with, uh, you know, Jonah, um, I really wanted him to do well in the game. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a U.S. fan, obviously, but I would have loved to see him do, you know, stand out in the game. Uh, but it was cool. It was cool seeing them go against each other. It kind of shows that, you know, no matter like what rivalry there is on a country side, like basis, like they're, they're brothers, they're brothers on a club level. You know, and, and they love each other. I think we all saw that picture or that video of, uh, you know, Sebastian and John, Jonah hugging. I, I love that. I, I really do. And that kind of just sums up how it was for my tournament. Like I, I was, I was rooting for Mexico the entire tournament until obviously until they played America. So I obviously wanted Alvarez to kick ass. I obviously wanted um, Dos Santos to do well. Uh, so, you know, it was just that kind of situation. You're rooting for, for our guys, uh, you know, and I think, I mean, obviously Jonah had a good, you know, overall, I think he, he did pretty well in the tournament. Uh, you know, the last two games were tough for obvious reasons, but uh, we're just excited to get him back, you know, and it was just nice seeing them embrace each other at the end of it, you know. Yeah, no, it, it was good, and I and I really like I really like that the you know that the galaxy uh, you know obviously was able to have players on, on both sides because it it's always makes it interesting. Uh, they're saying uh, you need to shave, Johnny. I don't, Andrew <laughs> Andrew Alessana saying you need to shave. Uh, Isaiah also says in the like, USA Kings of Concacaf. I mean, he's not wrong after beating Mexico. Yeah, uh, you know. Uh, LAC Cooley says, greetings, Gio. What's up, LAC Cooley? Um, I say again, Galaxy are dark horse contenders this year. So, yeah, we're definitely going to get into that. But, Alex, give us give us your thoughts. Obviously, Jonah versus Legit, U.S. versus Mexico. Obviously, was, we saw the thing at, at, after the game. I didn't see it because I was I was in the stand, but I got to see the clips afterwards. But how, how did yeah. you see that, that the rivalry? Uh, yeah, just like uh, most other people, you know, I just saw it on uh, – on social media because right after the game ended i just like turned it off for a bit 
You know, that was no, <laughs> no I mean, I wasn't, was it, was it because Mexico lost, I wasn't like... mad or salty. It, was, it wasn't like that. I was just like, I've had enough soccer for today. I'm just go lay down and rest. Uh, <laughs> Look, I had yeah. nowhere to go. So I, I had I had to see. I had to soak everything in. But I, yeah, I yeah. At least like I had my bed here. But uh, yeah. Uh, um, no, it was nice to see. Right. You know, obviously, Jonah's going through some things. And then, you know, Sebastian Legette, you know, he just seems like a good teammate over there. Good locker room guy. Or the galaxy, you know, and you know, Legette's been close with both Gio and Jonah. You know, he spent lots of time with both of them, and I'm pretty sure he knows their family pretty well. And you know, I know he's trying to console him there. You know, he probably hasn't been able to say anything to him, especially since he's training with the U.S. and you know had the opportunity to. And I'm pretty sure Jonah really appreciated that. Um, uh, just talking on who to support, I, I told myself before the game, I was like, if Legette captains the captains the U.S., I'm rooting for the U.S. because Every time the USA and Mexico play, I'm always kind of divided because I both I love both teams, but it's just really hard when both of them play, especially at a Gold Cup final, you know. But unfortunately, legit didn't get the armband, but that's okay. Um, but yeah, I was kind of viewing the game as a neutral and just viewing it, you know, just as an analyst kind of way, analyzing the game a bit. Um, but yeah, USA definitely, definitely have Mexico's number when it comes to set pieces because in both of the games that they've played, all the goals have come through set pieces. So Mexico kind of really need to fix that a little bit. I was reading Mexican newspapers earlier this morning. I forgot which um, I forgot which uh, newspaper it was, but a journalist wrote an, an opinion piece about you know Mexico's run to the Gold Cup, saying how uh, the the game against Canada was just an illusion, you know, temporary illusion for now to satisfy the Mexican teams. And then he described Tata Martino as basically sitting on TNT ready to explode. You can kind of infer what that means. You know, this team is about to blow up or something in a negative way. But we'll see how that goes with the World Cup qualifying. Um, just great job by the USMNT. Young guys, you know, getting their first, you know, real international experience here. Because while, yeah, the Gold Cup group stage was, you know, all right. You know, the, the knockout stage is the real, real experience where you really, you know, start to get your experience. You start to learn and where you really get your pressure where you're really pressured as a player, really, to perform on that level. So congrats to USMNT. You know, Legette and Jonah both, I think, had really good tournaments. So I'm just hoping to see them back with the Galaxy soon, and hopefully this Wednesday they might play. Yeah, no, I mean, like you said, shout out to, like, US men's national team. I was really impressed with how they did. Obviously, Matt Turner, you know, had a, had an amazing game. Um, and I think that was the biggest thing, right? I was surprised at how this younger squad, the B squad or the C squad for the U.S. men's national team. And to your point, I would see it like a, like A minus or B, B side for, for Mexico, obviously. The big names that I, I would mention that Mexico was with that was Ochoa, um, Raul Jimenez, and obviously like Chucky Lozano because he got injured. So I wouldn't necessarily count him because he was injured. Uh, obviously, he got injured in the first game of the tournament. So obviously it's like it's like three big three big names, right? So but nevertheless, I still feel like Mexico what was that was the A side it, because obviously we know who who was missing for, for US men's national like Weston McKinney, Pulisic, right? Hovarth, you, you name it. There, there was just like a, a bunch of players that were missing, you know. So to me, I, I feel like LA, I mean, excuse me, I felt like Mexico was the A side and it had um, a little, a little bit of an upper hand, but like whenever it's U.S. versus Mexico, it's never going to be an easy game. But I think to me, the the most disappointing thing was um how they weren't able to capitalize. Either team essentially, you know, Pariola had had a had a breakaway, like you know, he had a gift pretty much right there, and he hits the crossbar. And then Funes Mori for the Mexican national team, 
he had like four shots inside the box and didn't convert one. So, uh, and I think that's also going to bring up the conversation of Chicharito, and I think it should be. I think uh, you know, obviously, Chicharito. We know, I know he's injured, and, and and I know he's dealing with this calf injury, which we'll talk about. But I think that conversation is going to continue. It's, it's open back up because if Funes Mori was able to convert and he he was able to score maybe one. Obviously, two goals that could have made a difference and then kind of put the conversation to rest. But losing for Tata Martino, losing in back-to-back finals against against the U.S. Men's National Team, the, the A squad, and now this time, it definitely hurts. And a lot of, I know I was talking a lot with a lot of fans, with the Mexican fans after the game. And they were, they were like, yeah, like, obviously, emotions are high. Everybody's like, you know, it's time to fire, you know, fire Tata and all these different things. I don't think it's there, but I think the conversation. I don't. I don't think the 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 federation is going to go along the routes, but the conversation has opened up because he's de- he's definitely on the hot seat. He's he's definitely on the hot seat because if you lose the way you did, and then like some of the substitutions as well, like Salcedo came in for Hector Moreno, and then he was subbed off like uh, an extra time as well. So I kind of felt like that was like a wasted sub, but just everything. And then like you know Greg Berhalter. The way he came out with the lineup, I know there was a lot of a lot of things about the lineup, and you know everybody's like, "Look, this is either gonna really work, or it's not gonna work at all." You know, every 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 player he put out there, and I was just like, he rolled the dice, and so far it has worked for Greg Brohalter against Mexico, and you know, hats off to him because I know a lot of fans they're fifty fifty, just like any 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 national team coach, right? But now the U.S. can say that, hey, we've won twice. We got essentially we got two on you. You know, until until World Cup qualifiers. So that that conversation is, you know, the U.S. men's national teams are, you know, uh, like they were saying here in the chat, you know, kings of CONCACAF. You're not wrong. You know, you're not you're not wrong. You know, uh, as someone who's followed the Mexican national team, you know, all my life and everything. And I've seen, you know, the U.S. men's national team come up. Those those World Cup qualifier games are going to be a lot more difficult for Mexico because I feel like they have more of the pressure than the U.S. How do you, how do you feel about that, Johnny? Well, here's the thing. I, I think that. Going into the game, Burhalter did an amazing job understanding expectation and understanding where his players were at skill-wise against Mexico. He knew, hey, we're not going to go in and keep possession against Mexico. We're not going to go in and keep having this consistent attack. We're not going to do that. We're going to have our backs against the wall for almost the entire game. So we're going to have to go and you know build counterattacks. We're going to have to try to take these chances that, you know, are the small amount of chances that are given to us. And that's exactly what we did. That was, I mean, that was just fantastic strategizing on Burhalter's part. And then, as far as subs, just to comment on it, Roldan as a sub, man, oh man, that was great. What a great he brought the he brought such an amazing pace um, as a like in the uh, in the latter half of the game that I I couldn't have seen from anyone else. That was just such an amazing I, strategizing from Burhalter. Um, as far as it goes, when it says to Kings of Concacaf, I mean, we're just going to really have to see. There's a lot of fair points that uh, Mexico has when it comes to why they lost this game, the people they didn't have starting. Um, and I think that the qualifiers are going to see if those were legitimate points. There's one thing I wanted to comment on. I wanted to hear your guys' point of view on it. But in the beginning of the game, like, and I, again, maybe I'm playing devil's advocate here, but I did see a what I thought was a penalty on the U.S. I thought that there was a handball uh, in the box pretty early on in the game and I was surprised it wasn't called back. I'm surprised that the ref didn't even go and check the VAR because I thought that was a penalty on, on us. I thought Mexico should have gotten a penalty. Um, it's just kind of stuff like that. There's a lot of what ifs kind of playing. Into- was it the first one? Was it the first one? The initial yeah, one? Um, one of our guys had his arm back. 
and then the ball hit up. And they were like, where else is he supposed to put his arm? But the problem is, is his arm wasn't against his body. It was up, and it stopped the ball from crossing in. So, again, I'm playing devil's advocate here. Obviously, I want my team to win, but I genuinely believed that that was a penalty for Mexico. I think um, when I saw that, because I did see it, that we had the TVs up there in the press box, it, it didn't look – it wasn't, like, clear enough. To me, when I saw it, because I saw, I think it was, it was either Tecatito or Berlin Pineda, Pineda that was on that side – and they were like yelling at the at the flag, the ref, the the ref on the on the sideline, right, on the, with the flag. And he was like yelling. I was like, "Oh man, this is a penalty." And then when I saw the replay, I was like, "That's." A, I felt like it would be a stretch to give a penalty, um, you know. And I, I don't, I don't just, I don't feel like. To me, I didn't want a penalty called that way. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. if it's a clear tackle or something like that, like a handball. I, I was, I was like, I was. I was glad that no penalty was called. I know Mexico wanted like three penalties. You know, they kept, like Funes Mori kept diving and stuff. But every time I saw the replay, I never felt like Mexico deserved a penalty because else this conversation add, would have been different. Yeah. And just to add to that, I do wish that they actually looked at it. I hate that this is the way VAR is set up. I love VAR. It's extremely flawed in my opinion. And I think that you should always – like kind of like NFL. If there's anything in the red zone, anything in the end zone, you're always going to have somebody looking at it saying, just look at it like just in case. Like there, there's no excuse. And so I agree with you. Like I get why people wouldn't want to see that. I thought it was a penalty, but either way, I, I don't think it would have hurt for the ref to look at it and say, okay, let me like dig a little deeper into this. Uh, but like I said, just to wrap it up, sorry, I'm ranting in the bigger picture. Uh, I do think currently USA uh, are the Kings of CONCACAF. They're confident. Uh, we're going to see if that's going to hurt going into qualifiers or not. Um, but I really think we're going to learn about where these teams are at in the qualifiers. I don't think the, the, these two wins say the, tell us enough of the story, especially without Jimenez. You know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and it's two different. It's two different teams, too. Essentially, you know, because uh, uh, the U.S. men's national team, you know, with this side, Na- Nations League, that was pretty much the, the A squad, right? But for Mexico, they didn't have Raúl Jimenez, uh, and that was the only player, maybe Chicharito. Um, and then Funes Mori, I don't think he played because uh, he he hadn't completed the the official transfer plan for the national team. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, uh, I you got to give it up to the U.S. men's national team. You got to give it up to Greg Berhalter and the way he did it. Um, I, I got the I got the replay of the goal, so I want to play the goal, and then also I I was able to get it on film, so I'll play that right after. Um, so here here's the goal of Miles Robinson, the game winning goal. So obviously, that, that was that was an amazing goal. On one side, U.S. did it right. On the other side, Alex Mexico. I think Elton Alvarez was the one that committed that foul because I think prior to that, like he felt uh, someone on the Mexican team, one of the Mexican players, didn't 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 get a foul called. And I think Elton Alvarez did a retaliation. Talaveros coming out was questionable. But give me give me your thoughts on that on that play. 
Uh, yeah, just Mexico really not really executing well on set pieces once again. Uh, we saw in the Nations League final, right, their markings kind of been a little off. I think here they it was more man-to-man marking. Unfortunately, uh, you know, just the, the USA in general, USA are a very athletic country, you know. We have tons of athletes competing in the Olympics. We have tons of athletes, you know, competing here for the U.S., you know, to get a position, whether it be for your local soccer club or abroad, you know. The USA is just the home of these great athletes all around. And I I just think that the athleticism from those Americans really just overpowered Mexico there, you know, going into 118 minutes, really. And and I think Mexico is a little tired. You know, I think a lot of people were kind of thinking, hey, I think this is going to go to a penalty shootout at around the 115th minute mark. You know, uh, both teams looked a little tired, but the U.S. just had that energy there still a little bit. And we saw Miles Robinson able to finish off the opportunity he got. Mexico had their chances, just couldn't do it. And overall, it was just a, a good victory for the U.S. And uh, Talavera, you know, he, he's he's an all right goalkeeper, obviously still up there in age. You know, he has his pedigree in the Mexican league. But I thought it was questionable him coming out. I thought he kind of like maybe hesitated a little bit because I don't think he came out correctly. You know, when you're a goalkeeper, you know, you just rush in with with nothing, you know, whether it be punching the ball out or trying to grab it. You know, I I feel like Talavera was kind of just going out ready to make a save and not really try to clear the ball away. Yeah, I don't want to take anything from the U.S. Men's National Team and Miles Robinson because they capitalized and they they won the game fair and square. I think when I saw the replay, um, because I'll show you the the angle that, that I saw the goal from. Um, once I saw the replay, I was like, I love it. This is mostly one, it's on Edson Alvarez for committing the foul that he needed to commit. Two, Talavera's positioning. Either you gotta come out, like you said, and punch that ball out, or you know, you just gotta stay in the back and wait and wait to see what happens. But I, I just felt like that on the other side. But look, Miles Robertson did what he what he did. Um, and, and it was amazing. So I'm a, I'm gonna play the goal. I'm gonna play the goal from you know from the stands. And this is how the stadium, this is how Allegiant Stadium uh lived the they lived the goal. So obviously after that, like uh, I, I know the video ends, but there was like USA chants, and then like it's majority of Mexican fans, right? And it was just dead silent because it's like the goal scored in the one eighteenth minute. I look, there's like there was like a USA fan right behind me, and then a Mexico fan. I think they were like buddies, and he was like yelling in his butt, and then the Mexico fans just like <laughs> can't believe it, and everybody just started leaving. Like all the Mexico fans just started leaving after that. Uh, but Johnny, what, how did you feel after you, you saw Miles Robinson? You know, since he obviously scored the game-winning goal. So uh, you know, I know USA is dangerous with their set pieces, and you know when you set when they were getting ready when the cost was getting ready for the cross, I was I looked at my my buddy Bram and I said, "We're going to score right here. I know we're going to score. This is this is how we do it." And we scored. I didn't think we were actually going to score. I lost, <laughs> you know, and it was amazing. It was just, it was such an awesome moment. It was like. You know, when you watch those Disney sport movies growing up and you see like at like the, the the buzzer, the the score at the buzzer and everyone goes crazy and every and, and the dreams come true and the confetti comes down and they win the big game. And, you know, with everything considered with the team we were using and all that stuff, I feel like that that was that type of moment for us. It was really awesome. And, you know, at first when you know I saw like Lawless kind of getting emotional about it, at first I was like, oh, it's a gold cup final. But then I thought <laughs> about it and I was like, you know what? Like, that's fair because... 
it is our C team. Like we we played with our backs against the wall the entire game, and we mustered out a win. And it it was just awesome. It was really awesome. And I think that if you look at how how bad of a situation we were in in 2017, uh, was do we lose to Haiti in twenty seventeen? Yeah. Versus now, it's awesome. I I think we're in a fantastic spot. And 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 for the first time in a very long time, I am happy to be a U.S. men's national team fan. Yeah, I mean, you, you have to be. I mean, two finals uh, in less than what, a couple of months and beating Mexico, the biggest rival. I'm um, doing it during the stage, you know, so it, no hats off to the U.S. men's national team. They, they're they're rolling high. And, and as Kings they should of be. Calf. Kings of CONCACAF, which no is debating, I, know, yeah. I know people in the chat are saying Dos Acero because I think two 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 games won yeah. over Mexico. So, no, I, I think to me it's like. Uh, I want to see where this continues, and I think it's going to continue well for the U.S. Men's National Team. I'm gonna say one more thing, real quick. Uh, yeah, go, go ahead. Time, real quick. You know, you know, the, you you know, when you're king of Concacaf, you know, that's a big title, right? Mexico have held that for basically ever since the existence of the federation, right? For years, Mexico has basically pumped out talent into Europe. They've pumped out talent, you know, uh, locally, you know, around the region here and there, where they've had good players, whether it be Liga Mekis or players filtering into MLS, but. Now you can kind of say the flip, the switch has kind of flipped a bit for the U.S., you know, having more players being exported to Europe than any other time, really, in U.S. men's national team history. You're having uh, players on the outskirts of the squad of, of the squad pool, players like David Ochoa, who who I think today changed mm-hmm. to be eligible for the Mexican national team. Right. You know, you, we have three solid goalkeepers now. Turner proved that he's capable of being the number one with the A team, really, after the great tournament he had with the Gold Cup. Julian Araujo could be in the conversation because the U.S. has a plethora of right backs, really. We saw Reggie Cannon start in the final. Shaq Moore emerge as a real contender as well to take that position. And, and you're just seeing now that the U.S. Are, are kind of feeding Mexico a little bit because this Mexican team, this generation is aging. Guardado, Herrera, Chicharito, Jimenez, uh, you know, Lozano, Chucky. He's not a young player anymore. He's in his prime, really. Pulisic is still 22, 23, if I'm correct. Lozano's about to be turned 26 this year. He's in his prime. He's no longer considered a, a young player anymore, you know? So I, I think really we're, we're really in the middle of a transition between the USA and Mexico. And I think just all the resources that U.S. soccer has put into growing the sport in this country. MLS obviously has grown up in valuation. Every single club, I think, over the past 10 years has like doubled their value since 2010, really. So it's just great to see how all the efforts the U.S. has put in after that failure of not qualifying for the 2018 World Cup really starting to pay off. And it's going to pay off immensely now when you see that the C team can win against Mexico's A team. So that's just great to see. And just one of the things I was observing just watching this game, but I was in awe in really because, wow, this is this is the USA's least experienced international players going toe-to-toe with Mexico. You know, the kings of CONCACAF, undisputed kings before the summer. And then now look at them now. I, I can declare the U.S. are kings of CONCACAF, and I'll debate that all day if anybody has a problem with it. You know, <laughs> I, I think all the facts are there to win that argument. Yeah, I think you, you hit a lot of great points. And, you know, obviously Ochoa de- deciding to, you know, make the transfer to Mexico. I think he also sees it like, yo, there's Turner, there's Hovarth. Obviously, you sack Stefan. So it's like, you know, where, he's probably where do I fit in the mix? And he's probably like, you know, there's an opportunity for me for – for me to play with the Mexican national team, you know, I have more of a, more of an opportunity. Look, Ochoa looks good. Um, right for ours. I believe, I believe he plays for ours. So correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, that guy, that guy, that, he is good, but uh, is he good enough to, to, does he want to be the fourth, 
you know, the fourth option? I don't think so. So I think he, he sees it. I think I don't want to speak on Julian Araujo that he he potentially feels the same way because he hasn't decided. But there's so much right back death at the U.S. men's national team that I don't know unless he goes to Europe and does something spectacular. He's definitely not starting over who they have, a Serginio Dest or whatever, right? No, and no, and no one, no one's right mind you see that unless there's an injury. But I, but I think for Joan Araujo, um, there's going to be opportunities, like, right? Like Efrain, um, there's, there's going to be opportunities. But, like, unfortunate for Efrain Alvarez, he didn't get to play. Uh, I think he only got to play maybe two games. Um, I think I know he got to play. He subbed in as soon as Ch- uh, Chucky Lozano went injured. But, like, in order for these to pay off in Mexico, you, you, they, the young players have to be able to play, you know, be able to play in these games. For the U.S. men's national team, they are playing the games. They are playing these games, and they are beating Mexico. For the other side, for Mexico, it's not this. It's not. It's not the case, you know. And you, obviously, everybody's aging. Everybody's getting older. So, like, the talent pool is definitely is definitely in favor of the U.S. men's national team because of, of all the young talent from Mexico. It doesn't look as uh, as promising right now. And things could change, but right now it doesn't look as promising because of what we're seeing from from the U.S. men's national team. Pulisic has won a won a won a Champions League, right? You know, McKinney is in at Juventus. Uh, Sergino Des is at Barcelona, right? Uh, I think the biggest name Mexico has is Raul Jimenez at Wolves in the Premier League, which is not bad, but it's not as impressive as Chelsea or Juventus or Atecatito playing in, in, in the Portuguese League. But he was like essentially a no-show in the Gold Cup. So, uh, yeah, it's interesting. And, you know, and if, if the tide is turning and if we're living through the tide that it, that is turning right now, um, you know, it, it's a special moment from where U.S. soccer has been. And the MLS has been, and then there's there's also going to be a lot of you know Mexican loyalists to La Liga MX and all like that that don't want that don't want to see it happen or, or don't ever see it happening. But it, you know, me us, you know, being so in tune to the MLS, it, it's happening right before our eyes, right? And I, if some people want to be in denial, it's totally fine. But like, it, it's truly happening, and I think it's very special. But at the same time, if Mexico doesn't do something. They're, they're they're gonna they're gonna fall they're they're gonna they're, they're gonna they're gonna fall far behind and I don't think you, they'll be able to catch up uh, to 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 the to the U.S. men's national team. Uh, I want to get to some comments here. He says Andy says, "Wait till the MLS All Stars beat League MLS All Stars in a few weeks. Let's get rid." <laughs> yeah, it, it would be. It, it is gonna get uh, def, definitely uh, definitely really weird. And he also says Alexi Lala's uh, trolls crying like a World Cup. <laughs> I didn't see that. So Alexi Lalas was crying. I, I, I didn't see that. I, obviously I don't think he was. Well, he was kind of emotional. He, you know, you could kind of hear the the scratchiness in your voice when you're crying, right? You know that you could hear him through the mic really pick that up. And then he was like, I'm just really emotional. This is a big moment in U.S. soccer. And I'm just like, dude, this is like a, a Gold Cup final. Yeah, I get it. it's a big moment. But like he's acting like they won the World Cup against France or something, you know? And that's what it was so hilarious and so funny. And so many people kind of made fun of him for on Twitter. Yeah. Like, well, cause he was like, he was kind of sitting back and he was kind of like, his eyes were kind of red. And then he was kind of like tilting his head to the left a bit. And then he was just like putting his hand over his mouth. He goes, um, I'm sorry. And that was really it. Like he was told, dude, I guarantee he was choked you. Up. He was choked up. He was choked up. But I agree with you, Alex. It, cause that's, I, you know, it's funny. Cause I was literally like this, the same sentence. I was like, how is this fool? you know, getting emotional over a gold cup final. And then I see Sebastian legit and Jonah hugging. And then I was like, Oh, you know, and I started, (laughs) (laughs) but no, it was, you know, it's definitely a moment. And I just wanted to piggyback on this. Uh, You know, 
we're we're skyrocketing when it comes to how America is, you know, growing with their with their young youth players, how MLS is growing. It's happening at such a crazy pace. The league is in a different place it was in three years ago. And it was it's in a completely different place it was, you know, in 2014 when the Galaxy won their last MLS Cup. We're going to be in an insane league in 10, you know, 10, 15 years compared to how we are now. So it's like, it's just, it's just a matter of time, you know? And I think we're all on the same page about that. Yeah. I think the MLS definitely has had a lot to do with it. And, you know, if Andy's right, if MLS all starts, I don't know how, how serious they're going to take it. Cause there's games right after that. That's the only, uh, there's El Trafico that week, and so that's that's I think that's the only thing that would maybe limit them going a hundred percent. Not saying that they're they're not going to be competitive, but you know, anytime you you, you step up in the boots, you're definitely going to want to win. But yeah, it's um, you know, where MLS and seeing you're obviously what, what Galaxy and all the teams around the league have been doing, and even uh, right, Concacaf, the the CCL. Um, I don't. I, I just don't feel like any MLS team fears a Liga MX team. Obviously, you know the, the gap is not that big, and Mexican Mexican players are coming over here. So, I, I mean, look, it's, it's like if this is what what's happening, you know, I'm all for it. You know, because if 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 the Mexican Federation and the Liga MX don't don't adapt, then they're they're going to lose the battle. You know, they already are. So it's like you know. We'll see what happens. Um, but, yeah, nevertheless, uh, amazing Gold Cup experience. Uh, I was happy. I was fortunate I was able to go out there, you know, spend a couple of days in, in Vegas and, and live it up, man. It was it was truly an awesome experience. Um, and, you know, if, if you guys ever get a chance, I definitely recommend it to check it out. It, it was really cool. I, I didn't expect, to, you know, just the atmosphere just to be like, wow, you know. And I think in Talala's point, he's been through so much through the 90s. He's been – when the U S men's national team would get shit on by Mexico and all these different things. I think for him, it's a different feeling because he's been through like the, the worst of the war. He went, you know, through the worst of the worst of the U S men's national team in the nineties. And obviously he was the biggest star back in the day through now to, and he probably sees it. And I think that's why he gets choked up. Cause I remember growing up, I never watched U S men's national team because it wasn't interesting to me and it wasn't exciting, but Lala's has been through it all, you know, now to be in a position where he can commentate and see it. And he's maybe just reflecting back, yeah. you know, to like, wow, like how far the U.S. men's has come back to beat Mexico twice in the finals. And I think that that's I know it's not a World Cup, but I think that's where it kind of hit him because he's, he, he never probably imagined that this would happen, you know, in his lifetime, you know, because of where, where he came, where, where he came from. Um, and, you know, so I think, I think that that's why he probably got choked up, but obviously I, I don't know the man. I don't want to speak to him, but no, I, I do know my experience. Point. That's an, ex- that's a very, very fair point. Uh, you know, I'm a little bit of a Lexi Lawless hater. Not really. I kind of teeter totter. So I look for, for things to not like about him, but that is a very, very fair. Yeah. Point. They, they, they come a long way. And, and I've, and I've seen, I used growing up, I didn't, I didn't watch US men's national team because it wasn't entertaining and it wasn't, you know, as exciting, but I, I did watch some of the games and I did see the difference. So it's like, I th- he's been through like through the trenches, but yeah, let, let's talk. I mean, um, anything else, uh, uh, you guys want to add before we, we talk LA galaxy because it was, it was an amazing gold cup. It was an amazing gold cup. And, you know, we, we got to see so many, so many different, so many different things happen, you know, uh, you know, Jonah, legit and everything like that. And he quickly says, yeah, I get it. I get emotional when I see my old girl flourishing without me too. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I would, if I, if I would get, I, that's, that's a little bit of jealousy, Andy. I think, I think, yeah, I think that would hurt, but I, <laughs> I think for yeah, Alexi, I think that's a different emotion. That, that, that's a different emotion. I think Alexi is, is still, 
uh, is still part of that. You know, he's still part of, of the U.S. men's national team. But uh, it's interesting. I don't know. I don't know if I would get emotional seeing my old girl first thing. I'd be like, you know what? I can't I can't see that. <laughs> but, but nevertheless, but a f- funny comment there. But yeah, let's talk about Ali Galaxy, man. Uh, they had. A, I was there at the game. I, I know you guys were there at the game. They ended up beating uh, Portland Timbers four to one. It didn't look good to start to start the game, um, but man, what an impressive game! What a way and to score four goals without Chicharito was very, was very impressive. Johnny, give me your thoughts going into this game. You know, I said it a bunch of times. I said that having three away games, you know, with this limited squad, that's going to get them tired. That's going to get them hurt. And look what a break did to him. Look what like some days off did. It, it, it was a completely different looking squad. Uh, they all played together. They were licking together. Yeah, like it started off a little slow. I think we all saw that. But once everyone kind of got used to the um, the pace of the game, and they started to see the holes that Portland was leaving open, and it just seemed like the game just switched so quickly. Um, but I mean, like I said, that's what happens with this team. After that night, Portland Timbers, like even though they're not doing so hot right now, they're always a competitive team. And being able to win like that against the Timbers with a squad that's not complete, that's that's what I've been saying this entire time. Let Chicharito take his t- like get, get, take all the time you need, dude. We can do this with this squad when we have the time to recover. And now that we're getting Dos Santos back, Legit back, Alvarez back, like this is great. Like we're in a very very good spot, and I think that this game just shows us how big our potential is at at the percentage we're at at the limited squad that we're at now imagine what we're going to be like when we have everybody like it's it's it, it was just such a great look at our future uh against the timbers yeah i know it was a great performance and obviously uh you know ravelson well i don't i think they corrected it it's pronounced ravelson or revolution uh, I think they corrected it, but I, I don't know. Look, I'm not going to hear tell anybody else how to pronounce it. I think it was, I was, I think one of the commentators they said Robinson, but if you want to say Revolution, look, I, I'm not, I'm not here to correct anybody. But that's what I, I heard. It's Ravelson now, so it's back and forth. So I'm not, I'm not here to com- correct anybody. So however you guys want to pronounce it, that guy is killing it. You know, he, he's been the cherry on top. Um, scoring these goals, scoring the bicycle goal. Samuel Gansur got his, got his goal. But Alex, g- give me your thoughts, obviously, going into this game and the way the Galaxy performed. Yeah, I think Johnny said it best. When this team, they all really needed was five days rest, really. And look what happened. You know, they were able to click and adapt as the game went on. Gio, you mentioned previously, Galaxy didn't, have to, didn't get off to a good start at all, really. You know, they lacked getting quality possessions. They lacked in their build-up play. And they just, uh, the Portland midfielders just kept pressing them really well and were forcing all these turnovers. So the Galaxy, being able to see them adapt to that and how Portland was kind of making them play uh, on the wings because they're really making uh, the middle part of the pitch just really hard to navigate through for the Galaxy. And, and, you know, just seeing players like Araujo really dominate uh, that game, you know, having two assists. And just dominating on that right wing, you had Cabral too, who although he didn't score and did miss pretty simple chance, I thought he was the most dangerous player on the night, really. His dribbling was fantastic. He made a player look like Jerome Boateng back in the 2015 Champions League, putting him playing Twister with him on the floor for a bit. But uh, he didn't score, but still really good performance. You can see that he's got something in him. He's a dangerous player. You know, just give him some time. That confidence isn't missing. Samuel Granzier's been missing that confidence when he came first with the galaxy right you could tell he didn't know what to do most of the time sometimes you could tell he wasn't playing with that confidence now look at him now flourishing 
he's got his confidence. He's, you know, obviously elevated that a lot more after scoring his first goal this uh, past weekend. So that's something to check out. I think Grand Zier is going to have another great game against RSL. The home crowd, I think, is just really bought into Grand Zier. We've mentioned on this podcast before his work rate when it comes to both the offense and defensive ends of this game have really been impressive and something that I wasn't expecting him to be uh, defensively. Um, but overall, great game by the Galaxy, able to adapt on the fly. And like Johnny mentioned, you know, this team is, a, you know, a bit thin. The depth isn't there. You know, obviously the best midfielders on the team are going to be coming back. And it's going to be interesting because I think some midfielders have, you know, kind of made the case for themselves. We've, we've seen Victor Vasquez look really good, you know, while while these players have been gone. Uh, Revelson, I think, is the only player that I, I know is a lock. You know, definitely is going to be in the starting 11 once uh, all these, you know, players come back, once the roster is fully complete. He's the only midfielder I know that's locked in for a place. Kleshin, you can kind of make an argument, but I think, you know, coming off the bench is a bit better just because he's a bit older and has a bit more mileage on those legs. I think him coming in at a, you know, second half sub or something like that, if Vanny wants to change something up and he's versatile in the midfield, whether it being playing as a 10, as a central midfielder or as a defensive midfielder, because he has played there a couple of times with the Galaxy. So I think Vanny's, you know, with most of the players gone, has learned a lot about his midfield and just how deep it is really. Because, you know, Efra, I don't know if he's going to play once he, he returns. Unfortunately, couldn't play with Mexico. Do I know if he's going to get a spot in this, you know, 11? I really don't know. It's going to be really tough for Greg Vanny to decide. But uh, overall, just really optimistic about this team, the depth that it has, and just the players that they're going to start peaking at the right time. Because I, I want Cabral to struggle now than later, you know. I want him to – I want his baby steps to be right now than later on down the road when it really, really matters whether it be in the playoffs or whether it be, you know, trying to go for a supporter shield, something like that. I want him to struggle now, you know, let it all out right now because this team's, you know, getting better. We're getting a new striker tonight. Hopefully Dejan's going to be landing in LA uh, tonight. So we'll be seeing how, how that goes. So I'm really optimistic about this team. I'm going to continue to stay patient because there's still a big learning curve to go with this team. Vanny today in the press call mentioned, you know, this isn't the best team. I haven't seen the best of this team yet. You know, we're barely scratching the surface. So there's definitely a lot of optimism for Galaxy fans. I'm just saying to all of you guys, because I'm not going to point any names, but you guys on Twitter, bro, y'all got to stay patient. Don't be fair weather fans. You know, every negative thing you see, don't be like, oh, he's trash. Why do we buy him, spend money on him? Like, bro, be patient. Like, please. Because that's, that's one of my pet peeves, man. One of my pet peeves. I'm just going to say, you know who you are. You're getting a little convicted <laughs> feeling right now, bro. So I'm just man, saying, those, just, those just be a little patient. Be yeah, a little patient because the results gonna say, are going to hey, come real soon. And you and you you hit the nail on the head. Jonathan G uh, asked a question. And I think you guys just both answered. And it says, you know, G on company, where do you guys see the Galaxy at this point in the season compared to the strength of other teams in the West? And what do they need to make a title run? I think the biggest thing for the galaxy i mean you guys all, you guys made a lot of great points but i i feel like the galaxy have done a great job because of the player the gold cup right they don't have they don't have the olympic team or anything like that so but they were missing uh what was legit uh, efra o'neill fisher giancarlo who, who who didn't get play he didn't play but obviously i was still a player now he's on loan but the and then chicharito because of injury and they're still sitting in third in the west and now you're going to get a lot of those players back, um, you know. So I, I, I think it's it's they're in a good spot. I don't, I don't think the galaxy any, you know, and obviously this four one impressive win, it was amazing. But I think the galaxy are in a, an impressive spot, 
I think the biggest thing for them is just to be healthy down the road. That that that's just the only thing. I think that's just going to be the the biggest struggle for the galaxy, because we haven't seen that yet. But if they're able to get healthy towards you know the the second half part of the season, then you got to watch out for the galaxy because they're sitting in third place. You talk about you know a healthy Chicharito, Orion. Uh, obviously, he holds it down. You know Sega Bali, You know he's able to start there along Derek Williams. Um, you know, Legit there maybe plays at the number 10, right? Dejan comes in. I think it, it may take him a while. Grand Sir is playing amazing right now. Cabral is looking, you know, after this game, he looked more and more confident. I know he didn't score. But I think Galaxy, John, Jonathan, to your question, are, are sitting in a good spot. And in the press call today, Greg Vanny, or I think it was Jonathan Bond, but they, were, they said a number of how many points they wanted to get at this exact time. And if they win on Wednesday, they would meet their goal. So uh, what what are the Galaxy sitting at 28 points right now? I think it's like 28 points. So if they win on Wednesday, then, then you know, they'll be at 31 points. And, you know, talk, talking about that in a team to do that in, in a year has been very, very impressive. So I think the Galaxy are sitting in a good spot. You just got to be patient. There's been some injuries, but I think the biggest thing is for them to be healthy. But I, I got to play Ryan's goal, Ryan's bicycle kick goal. I have to play it. When I saw this, Man, it, it, watching this live, I, I was like, this guy's impressive, man. He has so many tricks up his back, but uh, let's play the goal because it, it was amazing. Everything is being checked as we see the corner. The outswinger being delivered. The overhead kick is a good one. Oh, my. This man cannot stop scoring goals. Ryan Revelison. Los Angeles absolutely loves the Frenchman. And the beautiful tribute to the father of Jonathan Santos, Zizinho. Ryan. I mean, the bicycle kick goal was impressive, right? You know, just to, for him to do that. I, I was, like I said, I was in the press box and everybody was like, just kind of just yelled. You don't, you don't really hear that because, you know, unless an, a spectacular goal like that happens, everybody was just, we're just looking at each other like, did he really do that? And we're just like waiting to see the replay. And then to top it off, you know, to pay tribute to Cizinho, you know, Jonathan Dos Santos' father and hold her jersey up there and the way they did it, you know, that that was amazing. That that was special. And, I, and I'm glad they, they did that. Obviously, you know, they, they thought about how they're, they're going to play pay tribute to, to the to his teammate and, and the father in the passing. But, yeah, talk talk to me about that, Johnny. What did you thought about the goal and then also the, the celebration? Uh, it was just it, it kind of proved, at least to me, I felt like this goal kind of proved what is so special about this team. When I look at the Galaxy, like, you know, like after we won the MLS Cup, right? We got Gerard, and Gerard kind of treated the club like, ah, whatever, like, this is, I'm retiring after this, you know? And then we had Zlatan, kind of like, not kind of the same deal. Like, he didn't really take MLS serious. He didn't really care about the team around him. And the fans saw that. We always felt that there were these issues in the locker room. But seeing a moment like that, it, it tells me that for the first time in a very, very long time, we have a locker room that cares about this league, cares about this team, cares about their family, like the, like, or the, the team members, like their family, like we're, we're all a group, like fans, organization, front office, all that stuff. Like we are all together as a family and seeing that moment kind of said, like, this is the team that I see wins the MLS cup. I haven't been able to say that for a long time. But I genuinely feel that I said these guys are, are contenders, you know, and they're contenders not because they can score flashy goals or because we were able to, you know, go in with great strategy. No, we're, we're players because they're out there playing for each other. 
which I think Alex will agree with me when I say that we haven't had that in so long. So seeing that moment just highlighted that for me, you know? Yeah, no, it's been very impressive. Uh, Alex, give, give me, give me, give me your thoughts. Uh, obviously on Ryan, uh, what Johnny said and the celebration. Yeah. Great goal. got a seat from a great view. So it was so amazing. Uh, and I, it was also too really interesting watching the game for me because there was a lot of Portland fans in the section that I was sitting with. Uh, oh, I know was, where you're. I know where you're sitting. Then yeah, yeah, I was in 114, and they all had a shirt, all the same shirts for Portland because I think uh, I don't know if they were family or friends, but there was a player on the Portland bench that they there to watch. Um, I just remember his name was Zach, and I remember talking to some of the people there, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we we came to watch him and stuff like that." So it was really interesting having the interactions, uh, you know, with that goal, and then you know, two minutes later, Bubba C equalizes, and we you know hear the noise from them, and then. Couple minutes later, Vasquez scores, and we're out there kind of having some friendly banter over there. Things kind of escalate a little bit, but fortunately, nothing too crazy in that area. But yeah, um, Ryan with a great goal, obviously great tribute to Jonathan Dos Santos's father, and and Johnny really hit, hit it on the nail here. You know, over the last couple of years, it felt like most of our DPS and high profile players were seen a lot more as individuals than they were as a collective team. Really, with this team, you have a lot of players who have a lot to prove. You know. They want to work with one another to make each other better. And I think that's something Vandy's been preaching a lot. You know, this coaching staff has really helped a lot too. You know, I've been really interested and, you know, been watching, you know, Kevin Hartman and Jonathan Bond. You know, I I love, you know, that, you know, Kevin Hartman's back with the Galaxy, you know, as a coach. You know, he was a legendary goalkeeper here. And then, you know, seeing him and Bond just have a really good relationship, you know, coach and player. You know, it's great to see, you know, Bond has tons of respect. For, you know uh kevin hartman and and kevin hartman too also has tons of respect for bond and it's just like wow man you know it feels so much like a family and you really haven't been able to say that so much you've been able to say team for the last year last couple years you know five years this is a team but this isn't a family and now it is a family it feels like that you know everyone in the locker room just has tons of respect for each other you know grand seer all these other players you know uh, you know foreign players that they're, they're looking to they're bonding in the locker room, you know? They don't feel like outcasts. They feel like they're part of this. And that's something that, you know, just really resonates with me, something I'm really excited for. And like Johnny mentioned, you know, you can say this team is the MLS Cup, you know, contender because on any given day, any one of our players can go off, really. And I'm confident in saying that. The Galaxy can beat any team in MLS, you know, one match, you know? It's all possible. So I'm really excited, uh, you know, for that, you know, Ryan bicycle kick goal. But if you just really take a moment to look at it, there's so many deeper things going on besides that goal. And that's something that, you know, once I saw the goal, I was like, man, that's crazy. And, you know, you it culminated with a 4-1 win over, you know, Portland Timbers team that, you know, they still have Diego Valeri and still have tons of quality players on there. They would beat a team like that pretty easily. I was just like, man, this is going to be a good season, you know, a, a long season. I think we're definitely playoff bound. So I'm excited to see what the future holds and just see how this team gets better because really – you know, right now we're trying to see players like Cabral, Grandier. Can you keep on improving? Because that's the only question this team has. Which players are going to keep improving and which ones are not? Yeah. And did you say family? Because Andrew says in the chat, Dom Toretto has entered the chat. <laughs> Somebody guy. said family. <laughs> you know, you uh, should have set up the, the video where he's like, I don't have friends. I, mean, I, I, can't do that. I can't do that quick, man. I got to download his whole life for that. I'm I got to, I got to download. I thought about but to, to do that right now. I don't, I don't have the video and I didn't, I didn't think that maybe <laughs> I'll, I'll get the video next time, but that, 
Andrew, I think you went maybe the comment uh, of the top show. Comment of the that night. Was, yeah, that, top comment of the night because it, 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 it was uh, it was hilarious. And but yeah, no, I mean, look, I want to share. Obviously, today was a press call, but to add to that, everything you guys been saying, the family, everything like that, I was able to ask, you know, um, Jonathan Bond about, you know, them. Them, you know, obviously, you know, a lot of different players coming in, you know, and, the, and especially in the center back position, which I think it's very, it's very critical for, for a goalkeeper in the back line, right? He's had Sega, Nick Dupuis, uh, Derek Williams. There's been an interchange. Ryan has played there. So I just asked him along the lines, like, how is it? Obviously, things change. And, you know, Jonathan Bond, just to paraphrase here, he's like, yeah, we talk. But he also says, like, you know, we also have to work with the, with the, with the offense and the people up front because he's like, I can't just be, even though if Chicharito is there or not, like, I can't just be bombing the ball up there, right? Because he, had, he, he was talking about it like, I like how he, he went in depth because essentially what he was saying, he's like, I can't just bomb the ball up there because it's not going to help the offense you know we got to sometimes essentially we're saying we got to play from the back and for him to say then to take notice really speaks volume of where how jonathan bond sees the team because you can't you know to his point you can't just bomb the ball up there expect hey the offense just to win the ball you know if you're able to play from the back all the way up then then it gets very it gets it it gets the game opens up for the galaxy right in different ways so i got the quote here uh, of what he said about his teammates so he says uh, you know, he says there's no there's no egos in the locker room. One of the best changing rooms I've been a part of, end quote. And um, I think he was also asked about, you know, obviously, if he's seen Ted last or anything like that, obviously, you know, uh, you know, Jonathan Bond is British and out there. And he said he hasn't seen, he's only seen two episodes, but he hasn't seen it because what I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. But he said the reason he doesn't want to watch it is because it does. It reminds him home and. He doesn't want to. Ex- he, he's in the U.S. now, right? He wants to be in the present. So I'm not saying he had a bad experience home or whatever, but like he wants. He, he's really liking what he has with the galaxy, and he's never had that before, you know. And I think watching the Ted Lasso, you know, if you guys have seen, I've seen. I haven't seen the whole full season, but like you know, the the locker rooms kind of turmoil and stuff like that. And I think Jonathan Bond is glad the Galaxy's not like that with Eagles and all these different things. And I, I just found it interesting because if anybody's seen the Ted Lasso movie, they, they understand, you know, how there's Egos and all these different things. And just in any any team, any sport, like if there's Egos and stuff like that, it's not going to make it's not going to make it easy to play with with each other. And they, those losses are going to be a lot more difficult. So I, I thought that was very interesting uh, that he said that about his teammates. And then when he was asked about Ted Lasso, because, you know, it shows you where where Jonathan Bond's mindset is at, and it shows you that like he re- he also recognizes what they have with the galaxy is really really special, especially where he's played from and where he's where he's come from. Yeah, that yeah, point. One that... thing, real quick. Oh, yeah, you go, can go, go, down. You go, you go you Oh, go. well, I'll just go because it's quick. I find it funny how uh, on the post you just showed you, someone commented, "Are you sure about that?" Because uh, someone commented, "Are you sure about that?" Because uh, Seva and Jonah are like two frat guys, so. I don't know. I did, about see, that I, did, I did see that, but I don't <laughs> see. That was pretty funny. I don't see. I like. Let me pull it back up. Yeah. I don't see Seba and Jonah as frat guys. I don't know if uh, you guys. Did I that. can understand because I understand it. Post like them going out and stuff. Like I can understand that, you know. But I don't think it's that big of an issue in the locker room because they still, you know, pour it out on the field and stuff. But I just thought that comment was pretty funny. Just wanted to point that out. Yeah, no, no, I agree. I I saw it too, and I was like, I get what they're saying, but at the same time, 
I don't, you don't get the douchey feeling from the, from Seba. That is true. You know, that, that, <laughs> you know, you, you don't get that from Seba and Jonah. They're more just like, hey, we like to have a good time and be, you know, it's like, you know, that's, that's just how I see. It. I think those guys are fun and, you know, they just have to ha- like to have a good time, you know. Um, but go ahead, Johnny. I know you're going to say something. I was going to say, we've been like, since Jaime Pinedo left, we've been like in this weird space with goalkeeping. And it's just so refreshing to have an, an awesome, awesome keeper like Bond, who not only is just amazing on the field, but also just genuinely wants to be there. He's happy to be there. He's comfortable. He loves the coaching. It's like, like, uh, like what a, what a move by Vanny, you know, like to, to, to get some man like Jonathan Bond, like, gosh, I, I'm just, he's so awesome. He, and, and the thing is, it's funny is we give him so much credit. Everyone talks about how great he is, but he's so great. I still think that that's not enough credit. I love Jonathan yep. Bond, and I, yep. and I hope that he stays with us for a very long time. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, everything I just, you know, just being able to hear and what he says and how they think about the team and, you know, and how you're able to notice the, what they got a special. And credit also to Dennis Close for hiring Greg Vanny because Greg Vanny is the guy that, you know, is the guy in charge, and he's he, he understands what he's doing. Obviously, it's not been easy. But, like, I think the job that Greg Vanny has done throughout this Gold Cup and Nations League, right, with Seba and – Jonathan and Efra being out and with the injuries too, I think it's, it's gone, uh, it's gone kind of unnoticed because, you know, obviously whenever you lose or you don't on the road, I think that did they get one point? Uh, I forgot how many points they got. Um, obviously they lost to Dallas. Uh, I think they, did they lose to the Whitecaps? Well, it wasn't, let's put it this way. It wasn't a great road trip. Right. But I think for them to still be in third place without those players and without Chicharito, it, it's been it's been an impressive job by Greg Vanny, and now you're getting those guys back here for one. I'm a, I'm a, for Wednesday's game, um, so I mean it's going to be good. So I want to bring up the 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 standings. I was right. The Galaxy do have 28 points. Um, you know, so uh, you know you look you look at the standings there, right? You obviously Portland. I mean Seattle's that were there up number one with 32 points. Kansas City with 30 points, uh, you know, LA Galaxy with 28 points, Colorado in fourth with 27, and then fifth, LAFC, and then with 23 points. So, I mean, they're sitting pretty good right now, right? And, you know, I don't, I, Greg Vanny also said that, you know, Chicharito's doubtful for this game. Victor Vasquez is questionable. So I think we can assume, at least I can assume, that they those two are not going to be playing. Um, again, uh, this Wednesday. So, but they're sitting pretty good to get a win. And Kansas City also plays LAFC on Wednesday. So it's it's going to be interesting because if Kansas City ties or they lose, um, then you know the Galaxy can be right up there. Can essentially be tied for second place depending how Kansas City does at LAFC. How, how do you guys, uh, Alex? How do you how do you see the standing so far? Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, you can say a couple of weeks ago when we lost to Kansas City, like, hey, man, we fumbled the bag here for a bit. We could have gone top of the Western Conference. But, you know, because of the CONCACAF Gold Cup, a lot of, you know, players are out there. Kansas City, Seattle have lost tons of key players. Um, I would say, you know, uh, yeah, it's been a disappointing road trip. But you also got to, you know, take a moment to, like, look at the rest of the league. You know, LAFC, they had, you know, they don't really have that many players, if I'm correct out for the gold cup if i'm correct right and they they haven't been able to climb up the standings too well even though they kind of got on a bit more of a better form but the galaxy on the other hand you know they've kept up a, a little bit and they've certainly have had help from other teams because seattle and kansas city both dropped points this past weekend so you can say uh that while the 
road trip wasn't successful in a way you kind of got to think all the other little mls clubs that kind of helped it not be too much of a disaster because it's not like the galaxy you know fell down to sixth or seventh or became you know fringe playoff team right now in the standings you know they're still a top three seed in the western conference so i i don't think there isn't much to worry about the standings just yet maybe when it gets to maybe the last couple of weeks because there's still a chance for the supporter shield you know, mm-hmm. I still think the Galaxy, you know, are a good team. And I think they'll continue to put up points, you know, because they've only had one tie this entire season. They're going to win or lose. And I think there's going to be a lot more wins and losses when it comes to this uh, back end stretch of the year. So I, I think the standings shouldn't be too much of a worry for a lot of Galaxy fans just yet. Because at the moment, if, you know, the season were to end today, right, like we'd have a home game in the playoffs. So there really isn't much to worry about. Yeah. And, I, and to your point, Messi, five, six, eight. Uh, and the chess is, can we win MLS Cup in the community and supporter shield? I think it's a, it's a, it's a, it's not far off. I mean, you know, I just, I, I want to see how this team is when they're healthy because I think they're, it's their, they could be the best team in the MLS when healthy. But Seattle, you cannot, you cannot look over, overlook Seattle um, and, they, and the job they've done because I know they're, and the revolution. Field. Yeah. And the revolution too. So it's like, you know, you also got to see um, quickly. In the chat, so I know Andy's a big fan of Austin. They currently sit in 13th place, so I know Andy's a big Austin FC fan. So I think we just have to point that out there. There, <laughs> Andy, we have to scroll all the way up. They don't even fit on here. So yeah, I, I, I think he commented to something he wanted to see. He's like, please don't scroll, <laughs> and we were able to see. But Johnny, g- give me your thoughts on uh, how you feeling uh, about the Galaxy. Obviously, I know we hit on it earlier, but I mean. They look, they look good, and, and you know they're getting these guys back. Here's the thing, and I'm gonna make, I'm gonna try to make this short because you know it's really it's really cut and dry. I'm never like I want Kansas City to kick LAFC's ass because if anybody's gonna to, gonna beat L, uh, Kansas City to overtake them, it's gonna be us. I don't want to get there with LAFC's help. I want to kick Kansas City's ass, you know, with us. That's it. Same thing with Sounders, dude. I don't care. We're that good. Let us do this. Let us get to the top of the table without anyone else's help. Uh, I hope Kansas City uh, beats the crap out of LAFC, and I hope that the next time we meet up with them, we, be- we beat Kansas City's ass and get up in the standings. Because that's the thing; it's so tight that that's all you know possible. We could do this. We have the we have the club to do it. Currently, with the current team we have, we could still do it. I imagine when we're at a hundred percent. We haven't been at a hundred percent all season. I say that every single episode. Uh, but when we are at a hundred percent, it's going to be amazing. We are going to be such a dominant team. And we can easily win the MLS Cup and the Supporters Shield. And I said this before, I don't care about the Supporters Shield. I want the MLS Cup, but I think we could definitely win the Supporters Shield. There's no doubt in my mind. Yeah. I think I would just say I don't think it's going to be easy, even though you get the you get the full team healthy, because I think Seattle's going to be a tough team. LAFC will be a tough team, depending where they sit, uh, you know, because those games are always tough. But And even SKC and Minnesota. But uh, the Galaxy have the weapons. Let yeah. me say the Galaxy have the weapons. If they stay stay healthy, I think they got the weapons. And, you know, they can they can definitely do a lot in, in this first year under the helm of, of Greg Vanny. So there, there, there's a lot. And look, to me, it, it's just about the hardest thing about supporting your club and supporting your team is about being patient when when the, when it doesn't look good or it's, it's struggling. But I think if you if you're able to see the bigger picture, what's actually going on, the gold cup guys are missing Chicharito, you know, obviously, even if he doesn't play, I think, it, you know, Greg, Greg, Randy talking about this injury and how he's talked about it. I think if 
the longer you're able to be with it without them and still be still stay positive and still get points and stuff like that. Cause you know, to, to his point when initially we got injured, you want him, you want him to get back when he's a hundred percent, fully a hundred percent. This calf injury doesn't, doesn't come back, you know? And I, I don't feel like right now <clears throat> with them sitting in third place, obviously depending when Dejan gets in here and all those different things um, and how he looks, but if they're able to play like somewhat of how they played on Friday, I don't expect them to score four goals, but I, you know, I do expect them to, to, to get the win on Wednesday, I, I think it's it's going to look good for the Galaxy. And whenever whenever that happens, um, you know, when I, whenever this team is 100% healthy, I want to see it. I, I want to see it. And, you know, and I, and, I know, and I don't think we will be disappointed with the Galaxy. But uh, f- final thoughts, Alex. Give me, give me your final thoughts because I know we've run over. Uh, yeah, like you mentioned, right, this game upcoming against RSL, you know, on paper should be a simple win. For the Galaxy, you know, the last couple of times they've played RSL really hasn't been as simple. But I think the home crowd is really fueling this team in a really positive way and something that they really needed, right? You know, this stretch on the road was really rough. You know, in the middle of July, you know, going and playing these teams, uh, it was it was just not good for the team, right? And then now Seba, Jonah, Efra, they're all coming back. You know, so Van will have a couple more options to rotate that midfield a bit. So I can maybe see Efra coming in, playing a little bit, especially with uh, the Vasquez injury that he just picked up. I think that's perfect for Efra to just slot in and take that spot Vasquez has been playing as. So I think the Galaxy probably go away with a 2-1 win. I think RSL kind of make it uncomfortable a bit just because that's kind of how they've been with the Galaxy all year, have made the game really uncomfortable for the players and just overall have kept themselves in each game they played against the Galaxy. So I think a 2-1 is most realistic scenario. We'll see. Uh, I, I think, you know, Grandier keeps up his scoring because, you know, the work rate's been incredible and just what he's putting on the pitch is great. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him back another one. And I think Cabral's playing with a little more confidence. So I think he'll probably get another one too. I think the home crowd is still divided on him a little bit because like i mentioned right there's a lot of people on twitter they're like man get him out of here you know like what's <laughs> he's trash you're a dp stuff like that you know like bro just be patient like just wait a little bit you know i'm pretty sure he's not gonna end up like brian rodriguez and like be a flop i think it's just a, a mental thing really because we've seen the potential he has he can put a defender on skates when he wants to we saw that this past weekend if he can do it again and hopefully score then that'll be even better and i'll definitely explode at the stadium for sure my head's popping off but uh, I think the Galaxy go and get a 2-1 victory. Good play from Revelston again. And I think Efra, I think he's, I think, I'm pretty sure he's going to play on Wednesday. And mm-hmm. I think he'll probably show his worth and show that, you know, hey, I want to be in the starting 11 in a packed midfield with tons of players who proved it while he was gone. I think Efra's going to have a good game just distributing the ball around like how Vasquez has been doing for the last couple of weeks. Yeah, no, I mean, you make great, great, great points. And it's great that the Galaxy are getting those, those, the Gold Cup guys back. Uh, Johnny, final thoughts? I think we're going to do great, honestly. I think that this break is what the players needed. They, they know that the Gold Cup is over and we have a lot of guys coming back. We're confident. We know what to expect when it comes to RSL. I, I, I think it's going to be a great game. I, I don't like giving score predictions. So I'm not going to do that because I, you know, I'm superstitious. But, I do think we're going to do great. And I think that our mentality is completely different than it was when we were on the road a week ago. Uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just genuinely excited. Uh, as far as Chicharito goes, uh, I've been saying this every week and I'm going to stand by it. 
take as long, take as long as you need, Chicha. I don't want us to cut any corners. I don't want him to come out if he's freaked out about anything. We're doing great right now. We really are. Uh, so just you know, take let's take our time with Chicha, and let's just keep going at the pace that we're going at. Keep the the good vibes up in the locker room, and we're gonna be fine. Yeah, no, I mean, and then obviously they play RSL on Wednesday, and then they got another home game on Sunday versus Vancouver Whitecaps. So, uh, two very winnable games at home. Two very, uh, you know, uh, opponents that the, the Galaxy are very familiar with. Um, you know, so if they can just keep rolling, and hopefully the, the Gold Cup guys don't have too big of a hangover and are able to play, uh, you know, on Wednesday, you know, because they, they they really need them, and uh, you know, it's gonna add a little bit more depth uh, to to that thin bench because of the of the Gold Cup. But yeah, man, uh, I think it was a great show. Um, thank you guys. Uh, thank you guys for being on. Uh, obviously, everybody in the chat. Thank you. Thank you guys for tuning in. So, for Johnny, for Alex, this is Gio. We'll catch you guys next time. Bye, everybody. <laughs>